Hello and welcome to episode 227 of the Batflip Crazy Podcast, where you'll always find enthusiastic, data-driven fantasy baseball analysis and strategy. I am your host, Toby. Today is edition number 131 of Bubba and the Batflip. Bubba and I take a look at week 18 fab, um, and then we break down some of the deadline deals, and then we share our own fab results. So hope you enjoy the podcast as always. If you do, please do uh, leave a rating and review for us. Uh, Without any further ado, let's get this party started. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bub and the Bat Flip, episode 131. Going to recap your week 18 fab as usual and talk about some MLB MLB trade deadline action as it was a wild one this year. So lots of fun stuff, plus listener questions to round out the show as always. You can find myself on Twitter at BDNTrick and my coast, as always, on the Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. Toby, how we doing, man? Uh, we're doing all right, Bubba. It's up and down. You know, uh, the trade deadline was not kind uh, to my teams, but um, I had a good time in Atlanta and Chattanooga. Got my Chattanooga lookouts hat. I like it. I'm a I huge like it. fan of Ellie De La Cruz. Um, <laughs> been scouting him for like nine or ten years and really excited about what he can become nice, but had a nice. great time in atlanta it was fun to go to truist park and hang out a little bit that was good but um you know i don't know about this whole fantasy baseball thing bubba i don't know if it's for me <laughs> yeah the trade it deadline pre- it, it was wild because like most trades at first like okay that's good that's good then there were some that came down today and it's like, oh, that has some massive fantasy implications. Like, that's going to be a bad – like, you know, there's always going to be a couple, but these were – at least there were a few that I didn't see coming. Let's put it that way. So uh, the mainly the Rysel Iglesias one. That was a yeah. – uh, quite the shocker on that one. So let's just kick it off there. Let's have some fun with it. We're just going to kind of hop around some of the trades here and, um, and, then, and then do the fab as usual. So let's just go straight into this one. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, they traded Rysel Iglesias to the Atlanta Braves, surprisingly, which uh, is interesting. Last year, we saw the, the White Sox go and get Craig Kimbrell, and you're like, ah, oh, why are they doing that? That doesn't make sense. Well, I think the uh, the Braves are doing the same thing here. You know, you got an older reliever in Kenley Jansen, who's had his uh, concerns in the past. Now you got some backup support for the postseason. So in a baseball sense, it makes a ton of sense, Toby. But from a fantasy sense, this is about as diresome as it can pretty much come for you. Yeah, this one is uh, is what the French call um, le final straw for me in fantasy baseball right here. I just, I already lost Lou Trevino on a few teams. And then they just dropped the Rizel Iglesias. It's heartbreaking. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. The smart move is to put Rizel as the closer, but they won't do that. They'll keep Kenley in there. It's a, it's a super smart move. I mean, they, they dish off Will Smith, who hasn't been as good, who's also got a hefty contract. They bring in Rizel. They've got him for whatever it is, three more years or whatever his contract was worth. 
Yep. Um, you know, great move for them. Really bad move for my fantasy teams. Yeah, it puts him in this. You know, they got him at the setup role, but I think he'll st- he'll probably get like I, if I had to guess, thirty to thirty five percent of safe chances at least. I think he'll still get a fair share. Let Kinley get his rest, keep both guys ready for the postseason. So he'll get his. We've seen Rysel in the past be able to do multiple innings and do that kind of stuff, so he can play high leverage roles potentially for Atlanta. But I guess the kicker is obviously he's gone. So that's that's the easy part. Now the Angels, is it Ryan to Paris season? Yeah. Oh God. Um, I think it's probably uh, Ryan to season. He's been pitching the eighth really consistently. Yep. So I would go with that. Uh, is he on a, I'm trying to look right now. Is he on a one-year deal or is he, uh, what's, what's he on? I can tell you in a minute here. Cause good old roster resource. They do have payrolls, which is very nice to see. When you go to the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim to he signed through 2023 as a free agent in 2024. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes uh, it makes sense for them to do that. I, I don't see anybody else who's listed there that really, you know, yes, I know that not uh, great. And you know that Herget uh, was pitching late in games and high leverage earlier in the year, but he's coming off an injury, and so yeah, I would go with Tapera. Tapera seems seems like a good 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 bet. Yeah, for now it does look like Depera. Let's stick with the closer stuff before the you know the one everybody wants to talk about. We'll get to that shortly. But uh, the Chicago Cubs, we knew they'd be making some moves, and they traded away um, David Robertson, which made sense to Philadelphia. Then they went and traded Michael Givens, which you could kind of see coming a double whammy. They why not? They didn't trade their catcher though, surprisingly. So that looks like it leaves us with Rowan Wick. Are you on the same page on that one? Yeah, I think I think Rowan Wick kind of sucks. Well, yeah, because they um, also because they also did Efros too. I forgot to mention that they traded. I know I I, I yeah. picked up Efros in places, so that was great. Thanks Yankees for stealing not only Scott Efros but also Lou Trevino. I look forward to them hit pitching in low leverage situations like tonight for the remainder of the season. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean Wick seems like the natural one to take over there. Again, there's not a lot of options in that bullpen. I mean, God, the Cubs are going to be awful. Yeah, they might not be a lot of wins in that bullpen, so it doesn't even matter to have save chances. (laughs) It's bleak. It's bleak. So, yeah, like basically what we're trying to say, if it's not a good situation, don't overbid. Let's put it that way. Minnesota, they went and traded for Jorge Lopez, which was a big one. You know, they already have Johan Duran, who's been good, but Lopez has been great. They even got Michael Fulmer to help set up Johan Duran potentially. But I have the feeling this is Lopez's job, so I'm not super concerned here. Do you have uh, – if anything, it's a committee that Lopez, I think, has a much higher share of. What do you think? Yeah, Baldelli was quoted as saying that we're going to see Lopez in the ninth a lot. So I'm confident he'll continue to get save opportunities, maybe not as consistent with the, as the Orioles, but you know the Twins is a better situation. It's kind of funny because the one team that – Lopez struggled against this year. Remember, he yeah. gave up back-to-back walk-off home runs yeah. uh, to the Twins. So he's back there. He should be good. Uh, honestly, it's a better situation in pitching in that division. Uh, so yeah, I think it's fine. As, a, as somebody who has Lopez on a on a few teams, you know, I'm fine with it. 
I feel like it was the best case scenario because like we've talked about other closing situations like Rysel and some others that already like the, the Braves could have easily traded for Jorge Lopez and just screwed the whole thing up. So the fact that Jorge and it's smarter the twins. I love what the twins did. It's a completely different side note. The pitchers they got between Molly, Fulmer and Lopez, they're uh, at least Lopez and Molly under team control for a couple more years. Uh, it was just a, a good move all around for a team that struggles to get consistent pitching. So that's, I think that's a big move for them. And fantasy-wise, seeing Lopez get the save opportunities, I think is going to be very huge. Flip side, we've been talking about it for a while. A lot of us have been talking about it for I'm not going to say it's just us. But Felix Bautista is locked and loaded in Baltimore. So I even tweeted it out sarcastically. Of course, not everybody understands sarcasm on Twitter. On Twitter, But I basically said, if you haven't been trying to add Felix Bautista the last two weeks, are you even playing fantasy baseball? If you're not even putting bids uh, in for him, so what do you think? I don't know if I am playing fantasy baseball anymore, um, <laughs> Bubba. I think this one is uh, this one's what the French call uh, "le straw that broke the camel's back." <laughs> this, is what, this one right here really put put me over the edge, Bubba. Um, I, I loved Bautista a few weeks ago, and but it's hard to hold on to guys for like an extended period of time. I don't think I have any of him. I just I just picked up Scott F. Ross. So it's all good. But it's, it's great. Happened. I mean, Bautista's been like the best pitcher. I think he's the best pitcher by stuff plus. Yeah. Um, and he knows ranks. So he's he's incredible. He's an incredible pickup for yeah, so for people. It's gonna be a great one. So if he's still out there, like 12 teams and less, go get him. 15th, he's long gone. 12s, he should be almost all gone. So I know the last few weeks I've had bids in. It, not always my top bits. I can get him everywhere, but he's been getting sniped up. So if he's available, even in 10 teamers, like he's one of the better closers you're going to get out there right now. I know Baltimore is not great, but they're at over 500. They're better than the Cubs. Let's put it that way. So uh, you go get yourself some Felix Bautista if you can. Uh, Whip Merrifield got traded to the Toronto Blue Jays. That's an intriguing mood. I mean, he's going to get the, the old shot there. But um, Roster Resources has him as a bench platoon bat. I don't think that's what they traded for him to do, but you know, it's like, does he take Santiago Espinal's role? That's kind of where I would lean. He hasn't played second base in a while. He's been an outfielder for the most part. So how do you, how do you see this one playing out? Like, obviously pure speculation. We have no idea. He hasn't been there yet, but it's a team. That's a great baseball move for them. He can play the outfield. He can play second base. He can play third base. He can basically be like the Brandon Drury of the Toronto Blue Jays. But for fantasy purposes, this kind of has a tinge of a scare to it. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, I think he's an upgrade over Espinal. I mean, honestly, I, I agree. I, I agree. don't know what Espinal, I don't know what Espinal really does, honestly. I mean, he, he hits for a decent batting average, right? But like, you know, what does he have? Probably like seven home runs and six steals or something like that. You know, I mean, I think, I mean, obviously that doesn't really factor in and he's probably better defensively. So maybe they go with him, but it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do. Yeah. He's got six home runs and five steals, you know? So it's just like, he's just hurting me all over the place. Um, Yeah. I, I think that, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they use him. I'd much rather have him be on the Royals, honestly, because you know what you were going to get. This will be put a little bit of a dash of uncertainty um, into the equation. But again, and he'll be hitting towards the back end of that lineup. I don't think he yep. cracks. I don't think he cracks the top of it, right? No, he's not going Springer, Guerrero, Kirk, Bichette, T. Oscar. Maybe he sneaks in around Lourdes Gurriel. Chapman's swinging it great. I mean, Snyder Chapman is crushing it. Yeah. 
So now you're down to eight and nine with Espinal and Jansen. Like he's he could potentially be the number nine hitter as a wraparound leadoff hitter if they want to play that game. Like Witt's gonna take a hit on this one. So yeah, for sure. One of the shocking trades for me on this one was um, the New York Yankees sending Jordan Montgomery to the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, Part of me sarcastically tweeted out that maybe he'll get run support now, so that's a positive. (laughs) Right away, I get our good buddy Brock. uh, Brock Ness Monster goes, "What do you mean he's playing on the pitches for the best offense in baseball?" I said, "Yeah, they just don't score any pitches though. They just don't score." Uh, So I said, "Maybe he'll get a chance, better ballpark to pitch in, really good defense." I was just being tongue and cheeky, but. it surprised me. Like, I don't think it's, I think it's kind of a lateral, maybe a slightly positive move, but it was very surprising. He struggled of late too. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that one. Yeah. I mean, I think it's overall a positive move, I would say for Montgomery. Um, I think that, let me just check out his career splits before I say something I regret. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's been better at home. So you know, the the Cardinals have a great defense. So did the Yankees. But the Cardinal Cardinals is a better stadium, you know, to be in. And the opposition will be weaker. Much better. You know, how many better. times yeah. do you look at that Montgomery schedule and you're like the Red Sox or the Blue Jays or, you know, even the Orioles thump him. So, uh, yeah, I think it's overall a positive move. I think being in the NL Central can't be bad. It's just like, oh, I mean, it's like, it's the greatest thing of all time. That's my strategy for next year's drafts. Just take take down notes on this one. Draft all NL Central pitchers. I'm going to draft every Brewers pitcher. I'm going to draft every Cardinals pitcher. And that's it. Because the rest of them it. are garbage. They are rough. They're, they're rough to stomach for sure. So we'll see how that plays out. I'm still happy being a Jomo owner. But I was just like, that was surprising. Because the, the rumor yeah. was the Yankees were looking for more pitching. Next thing you know, they traded a starting pitcher. Like, what? Is just confusing. There was a couple ones like the Brandon Marsh thing. I mean, like whatever. But it's like, wow, wow, you gave up on him pretty quick, Angels. Like, I don't know. I mean, not that Ohop isn't. I mean, he's he's got I think one of the best WRC pluses in either AAA or AA, and he's pretty young. So I think he's gonna he could end up being pretty good. But still, there's just some names that were exchanged that were surprising. And some names that weren't exchanged, like Wilson Contreras. That was a very surprising yeah, as that well. Was, yeah. I wish Carlos Rodon would have got traded. That would have been nice too. Um, let's go to the big one. Let's just get it over with. Juan Soto, San Diego Padres. Josh Bell, San Diego Padres. Pretty sure those are both good moves. Any thoughts? Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think the Nats are definitely the big winners in this one. Um, no, uh, Josh Bell owners. <laughs> Uh, are the big winners. Yeah. Yes. Uh, which I include myself in that group for on a few teams, which is very positive, but um, I mean, it's huge for Soto. That lineup is going to be very yeah. good. I mean, it's huge for Jack jerks and pro far, far yes. uh, people because knowing if he continues to bat lead off, I mean, he went five, five for six for today, but or he's six for seven today. Um, I mean, that could be huge, but just that two through five, I can't remember who was saying it on Twitter, but. It's, it's going to be potentially going to be gnarly. It's potentially going to be like so. Profar leading off, Tatis comes back, Machado, Soto, Bell, yeah, Cronenworth. Like it's, I think it Alfaro, Grisham. It's nuts. Yeah, and you know, for for the criticism the Nats will get, I mean, I think they did did themselves pretty well. If you're trying to restock the farm system and 
kind of start over if you're not super cynical and think everything's about money, which probably is. But um, yeah, so I think that's interesting. I always got the sense that, I mean, Soto, like that he wants to be on a big team. I'm interested to see what happens with, um, you know, with the Padres, yeah. like whether he's, they sign him to a long-term deal or, or what, it'll be really interesting, but I love that they added bell in there too. And they got rid of Eric Hosmer, which is just yep. a bonus. And yeah. yeah, Hosmer goes to Boston, basically blocks Cassius for the rest of the year, essentially, and affects Bobby Dahlbeck's playing time. So that'll be fun. Oh man. I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. I, I thought of you immediately. I'm like, Oh, there goes that. Cause Devers came back today. So I moved Bobby off of third base and um, then Hosmer comes over and he's, they want, they're going to want that glove out there. So there goes that fun. Luke Voigt goes to Washington He'll probably play every day, but that's a ugh, nothing exciting move to me, at least. Um, Padres did make another move, though. I, I mentioned his name earlier. They went and acquired Brandon Drury, which if you're a Brandon Drury owner, it's been fun while it lasted, is what I can say. Yes. Oh, oh that is me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this one. Drury has been very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, roster resource has him slotting into the DH, you know, um, when T- Tatis comes back, they're probably going to play him in the outfield, right? Or are they going to move him back to short? I, I think they're practicing him at shortstop right now, which is crazy. Okay. He should be, he should be in the outfield, but they're practicing him at shortstop right now. Yeah. I mean, you could see them, right? Like right now you could see if, if, um, if Tatis comes back and plays short, then Drury can play in the outfield, I think. Um, I think Drury's bat is very good. It's better, certainly better than Ha Seung Kim. It's better than Trent Grisham. So I do think that there are opportunities that will present themselves for Brandon Drury, but having that locked in everyday playing time, you know, is so critical. And He'll hit towards the back end of the lineup probably when he does play. That number two slot that he was in there was was great. It was beautiful. It was a really not beautiful. To, not to mention the ballpark event. change. That's oh, the ballpark change, all of it. So yeah, it's scary to me. I, I want to see the playing time because they've been playing Kim so much and everything else. I'm curious to see how it plays out. That's that's what I want to see. I'm I'm concerned a bit, but you're more optimistic about it than I am. That's for sure. Yeah, we'll see. Minnesota Twins, they got Tyler Molle. I love this trade. Yeah. I mean, I I can't I didn't recognize any of the prospects going back. Yeah. So big upgrade for him getting out of that ballpark where he couldn't pitch. The twins are, I feel like they're generally good at developing pitchers, but I'm not entirely sure. And then he's thrown a, a in the AL Central, did the Giants just do something? Joey Bart just hit a two-run homer at six to five. They just cut the lead. Really? Yeah, we got a ball game. Holy moly! Joey Bart starting to get comfortable, folks. Don't want to break it to you. It's starting to happen. Shocker! Took a young kid a little. Takes a young kid some time to get comfortable. Here it comes. But sorry, sorry, Tyler Molly. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, Molly is great. Um, um, what the heck? What happened to? What happened to my buddy um, Whitlock, Garrett Whitlock? He uh, no longer. He was closing the last few nights. He didn't close tonight. No, how closed last night, and how closed <laughs> again tonight? I think I don't know what to tell you because Whitlock, I think, got two saves last week. <laughs> I don't know. 
what fantasy is baseball. what is baseball fantasy really? baseball fantasy baseball what is fantasy baseball but a human being walking into the void and just a couple, couple more I'm just, I'm just gonna group them all together if you have any thoughts go for it if not we can move on but uh jake Rizzi goes with the braves um robbie grossman goes to the braves those are kind of mo- small moves but yet could be big moves for them um you know trey mancini goes to houston which is a very good move frankie montas to oakland any thoughts on uh these moves yeah i mean the mancini deals big for him i think it'll be interesting to see the playing time but i think they have enough in terms of shifting him around from outfield to first base where he'll play pretty much every day i do really like um I know I'm I'm known as kind of a prospect guy now um, because of my visit to Chattanooga, Double uh, A squad, uh, to get my eyes on Ellie De La Cruz. But uh, I actually really like Emmanuel Valdez, the prospect that the Red Sox got. Um, he was somebody in my dynasty league I was very interested in because he's pretty young. I think he's in Double A, really high WRC plus, with like a low K rate, high walk rate. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun uh, to the see gross, Grossman one is like, you may trick yourself into thinking he has value, but he's just a platoon. So that kind of hurts. One interesting one was fam. I mean, what the hell are the Red Sox doing? But like fam, the signing of fam at first, you're like, Oh God, this is going to be terrible. But then he's like, goes to the Red Sox and you're kind of like, Oh, well he could hit second for that Red Sox team moving forward and play every day because he's better than Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah. And he's better than Duran. Yeah, Duran's struggling. Uh, so Yeah, so I'm really curious to see how that works out. And he's got the – I think he's got a mutual option for next year, and Heim Bloom, I think, is a big fan of his from their days with the Rays. So yep. that's one where I was a little bit depressed at first and feeling better yep. afterwards. I'm still depressed, obviously, because anytime you leave Great American Small Park, it's never a fun thing. But uh, it could work out. You got that monster there. He could potentially hit in front of Devers and Bogarts and JD. So that's positives. Um, so I'm, I'm curious. I was actually d- digging in on him earlier today. Striking out a ton. The power's kind of hit and miss. It's been a weird season for Tommy Pham. So maybe he gets a, a little push here towards the end when he gets going here. But um, time will tell. It is a, a good ballpark for him. If it compared, Nothing's as good as Cincinnati. But uh, to shift to, to Fenway isn't the worst thing for him. So. We'll see how that yeah. plays out. All right. Let's do a little fab recap for your week 18 action. Uh, again, as usual, 12-team OC formats. It applies all over the place. And this, boys and girls, kicks off with a banger because we didn't talk about this trade, but I didn't think there's a ton that needed to be discussed on this one. But uh, Luis Garcia was added in 144 leagues. That is the San Diego Padre, Luis Garcia. As high as 168. Everyone thought he'd be the closer with Taylor Rogers struggles. Well, Taylor Rogers is gone. That's good. Josh Hader came in the door, though, and that pretty much takes Garcia out of it. Garcia did get the save on Monday because Hader wasn't there yet, so you got one save out of it. But Josh Hader's coming to town. Not sure there's a whole lot else we got to say on this one, Toby. Yeah, drop him. Yeah, that's all you can do. It's uh, <laughs> a crying shame. Like, someone spent 168 bucks on Luis Garcia. Like, bright side, like I said, you got the one save. You got the one save. And maybe you'll get one in the nightcap because I don't think Hater is there yet. Maybe he is. So uh, just, just hope you get one more before Hater shows up because that's a, that's a tough blow. 
All right, Peter Fairbanks, though. This is fun. You know, there was, there was times last year when he was a potential closer. He was showing signs of life uh, before, and then he got hurt at, in spring training. So he's making his debut, picked up an 87 leagues as high as $80. And he's gotten the last – he's got a save on the 30th and the 27th, so he's pitched really well. Uh, he's only a lot of uh, – he's three straight st- outings with no earned runs, striking guys out, looks very good. It's always raised roulette in that bullpen, though. It could be someone else the next few days. But Fairbanks got some good run last year and the year before for the Rays in big leverage spots towards the end of the season. So maybe he gets it again. What are your thoughts on Peter Fairbanks? Yeah, he was towards the top of my list. I mean, yeah, the Rays are probably going to move it around a little bit. But I also think that sometimes, like with um, uh, – what's his name? Uh, Kittredge, you know, they, they, they generally – you know, they don't generally go to a specific guy, but they do, they can, if they trust a guy. And I think Fairbanks could be that just because of the history he has with the organization. Um, you know, just some things that stand out. I won't dive into the numbers too much because it's five innings, but one thing that sounds out a lot is his fastball is up one and a half miles per hour. So he's at 98, seven average fastball velocity, um, according to fan graphs. So the velos up, so you might anticipate that some of the peripheral numbers will will be up as well. And so, you know, the ERA is normally good. The whip's normally bad. If you can get the saves, it'll be worth it. If not, not really, but at least you're getting some Ks too. So, Yep, I'm with you there. It's, it's, a, it's one of the better specs you can go after right now. Again, he'll at least get you the good, you know, numbers, like you said, if he doesn't get you the saves. So I don't hate that at all. There's times I had roster Fairbanks in years past. So I, I totally get it with his skill set. The Candyman, Heimer Candelario, is finally starting to hit, folks. He added in 84 leagues as high as $41 since the All-Star break. He's hitting 310 with four home runs, four doubles as well. Uh, starting to show a little pop in that bat, which is nice to see from the Candyman. That's always been an issue, was elevating the baseball. Well, he's elevated it since the All-Star break. Small sample. I, I understand, but uh, I'm very happy with what I'm seeing so far. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Candelario? Yeah, I mean, I think he was kind of a natural candidate for some positive regression. You know, the two four, he's at a 244 Babbitt right now. He's at 299 throughout his career. Not a huge change in the batted ball profile outside of the line drives being low, but we know that line drives at percentage has the highest variance. And so with the same ground ball, you'd anticipate that some of those fly balls will become, you know, line drives and they'll fall in. And so, you know, um, I think that'll be good. He's obviously last week was just, he was just hot. Um, everything looks like right in line with kind of where he is throughout his career. 9.5% barrel rate, which is solid 20 barrels, 10 home runs. He's got a low home run to barrel rate. Um, probably because of where he plays, um, any ball hit to center there just dies as we've seen with so many other players. So um, I, I looked at get it, picking him up because he had eight games this week, mm-hmm. um, e- either eight or seven. I can't remember, but I'm pretty, sh- um, pretty sure it's eight. Yeah, I want to say eight, but I could be wrong. Yeah, two. Yeah, yeah okay. now you got me second guessing myself. Yeah, uh, let, let's see. We can check it out quickly. Yeah, uh, seven. They have seven games. Um, but, you know, um, that's nice. And he plays every day. So I can see why guys were go- people were going after him. Yeah, no, a big fan of his. I was big into him in the to start the season. It was a rough go, like no power, nothing from the Candyman. But he's showing some 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 big signs. Again, I don't expect him to be like a, a massive massive home run guy, but he showed signs last year of getting so close to doing it. You mentioned the positive regression this year. The ballpark does him no favors at all, of course. 
but uh, it would be nice to see like another you know five plus home runs the rest of the way. I'd, I'd take that. I'd hope for more, but I think batting average wise, he could be a nice asset for you. Jonathan Hernandez of the Texas Rangers added in 83 leagues as high as $52. Well, the Martin experience went up in flames. So now it's the Jonathan Hernandez time. Picked up the save on Sunday. He has not allowed a run so far this year. Only five outings, of course. Uh, not a lot of strikeouts, though. And Joe Barlow is supposed to be back soon. That'd be my one thing I'll, I'll preface this with. But I was adding Joe Barlow pretty much everywhere I could find him this past week. Uh, what's your thoughts on Jonathan Hernandez? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, he got that save on Sunday. He's pitched well since he's come back, at least results-wise. The skills haven't been great, honestly. Um, but it's a very small sample that we're working with. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. We know he's got the vo- the velocity. You know, everybody was talking about how he had the two hardest throws of any reliever on the on the Rangers, you know, already um, in, yeah, so far this season. So it'll be really interesting to see how he does, what he does. In this role, I can see why people were after him. If he excels in the next week or two, maybe he, he solidifies himself with the job. Um, so, yeah, it'll be – I'm very interested to see how he turns out. I was interested in him, I think it was last year, when he started off really well. Uh, the one thing I will say about him is it looks like he is throwing his sinker a lot, and he's generating a ton of ground balls, close to 70% so far. Obviously, I think that will probably go down, but it will be interesting to see if he's able to maintain that kind of elite ground ball rate with the decent strikeout skills. That could be um, that could be a really positive development. Yeah, no, I remember him very vividly last year as a potential save candidate. I think he got hurt or something and kind of derailed that whole situation. So we'll see how it goes. I'd love to see more strikeouts, though. That's just a big concern of mine. A lot of sinkers doesn't lead to a lot of closing chances down the road, but uh, we'll see how that one pans out. Here we are again, Toby. Jared Kalenic added in 82 leagues, as high as $132. He was hitting 288 in AAA with 11 home runs, 21 doubles, which is good to see, I guess. Uh, three stolen bases. Uh, in his first two games, he was, I don't know how he did tonight, but he was 0 for 7 heading into tonight's action. So he's picking up right where he left off in terms was, of production. He was only 0 for 2 today. So 0 for 9 since he's been called up. So he's banging, banging yet again. Um, I didn't even bother, Toby. I can't do this Jared Clinic thing again. Maybe it's PTSD from Joe Adele. Maybe it's just realizing Clinic has not proven himself. I don't know, but I, I didn't even bother. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's not much to say. Like, there's not much I think you can get into the data except for the improved AAA numbers. But he's always been able to crush at AAA. I think the challenge will be: Does he play every day? Where does he hit in the lineup? You know, we saw last year in September, he got hot. He was a valuable player for their team. So you just hope it kind of works out for the guy. But he may need a change in scenery at this point a little bit just because there's so much pressure on him at this point to succeed. And that's tough. It's it's very tough. Like, you feel bad for the guy because the talent, you know, it's there. It just hasn't transferred from AAA to the bigs yet. It's like, are you a 4A player? You look better than a 4A player, but... It's starting to feel that way unless, yeah, he said change of senior. And they have a lot of outfielders there. So, you know, I, honestly, with all the trading that DePoto does, I'm kind of shocked Kalenic wasn't in one of the deals. Like, Yeah, to, I was thinking he'd be included in something. Like the Castillo deal even. Like throw him to Cincinnati. Let him go play in Great American Small Park see what happens. But uh did not happen. All right, we have Salvador Perez. I was shocked when I looked at my waiver of my, my fab this last week and to see him. He was in 81 leagues, only in one of my four. Added for up as high as 384. 
Um, he went two for four tonight with a double. He's hit safely in four of five games since coming back from the IL. He's got three home runs over that stretch. Not even for much of an average, but when he hits it, he's hitting it very loud and very far right now. So <laughs> Salvi's looking pretty healthy there, Toby. And honestly, I know he was out for a while and there was questions about the return, but 81 leagues did surprise me quite a bit. I'm kicking myself on this one. I mean, he was available in one of my mains this mm. week. Um, just came came back a lot quicker than I anticipated. Um, just a absolute, just a major failure there um, to just have him on a line somewhere uh, to make sure to get him. But uh, yeah, he's he's really good. He's really good. He's a game changer down the stretch. Yeah, I was just surprised he was out there in that many leagues. That was a, a big one for me. Uh, Domingo Herman, he had a two start this week. He's at an 80 leagues as high as $45. And his first start is five innings, two runs, three walks, 1K against Seattle. Once again, another home run. So that's what Domingo Herman does, but only the one strikeout. He's got 10 total Ks in his 12 innings of pitch. He's got three total Ks in two of his three starts. So strikeouts have not been consistent. The walks have been, the home runs have been, but people saw the two steps. So they added them. Are you in on Domingo Herman? No, I had him on a line in a 12-teamer, you know, going for the, the two good starts. Um, I think that he is kind of who he is. I think we might have talked about him last week, but um, he's, you know, a slightly above league average starting pitcher with a good whip and a bad ERA and a major home run problem. So you just hope you can miss some of the major blowups and and get some of the uh, – and get some of the, the – outings that he's capable of, I think. Um, the one thing I'm looking at, like I'm, I'm looking at his pitch mix so far, and it looks like he's increasing the use of his secondary pitches, only 37% fastballs so far. So increasing his curve and change use, usage, um, both of those. I don't know whether that's just a product of who he faced or an actual change that he's made. Um, and those pitches um, have been pretty good for him. So it'll be interesting to see kind of as he settles in, whether he, you know, whether he, what he can do. Um, it's interesting with the Yankees, you know, um, adding rotation depth and then, then getting rid of Montgomery, you know. Um, it's very interesting kind of, I don't know what exactly their approach is going to be, but Herman is, is decent. Yeah, it was it was a surprising surprising trade deadline for the Yankees, but yeah, no Domingo for me. That home runs scare me, scare me a lot. But you, you mentioned the pitch mix change. Maybe there's something coming up, but the home runs are a concern for me. Uh, Felix Bautista added in 67 leagues as high as 25 bucks. We already hit on him. Add him if you can. Otherwise, too late. Uh, Cole Irvin added in 65 leagues as high as 41 dollars. Had the two step. I know he only had one start this week because he has only played five games this week. They only have two games this week, and so do the Giants. That's a bizarre schedule so enjoy that but um and Irvin got hit around a little bit tonight against anaheim of all teams who have been horrific for his left-handed pitching so it was a good ad in that regard because he's been very good two runs or less in his last five starts four or more k's in four or five he's been very serviceable of late and you get this juicy matchup against a bad angels team and david fletcher hits his first home run of the season when he leads off with a home run that's when you just know turn the game off you don't want to see how the rest of it goes it's just not your night when that happens yeah i mean he gave up a home run that would have been a home run in 29 out of 30 ballparks to, to david, david fletcher, fletcher. <laughs> i mean that's bad news um yeah this is a bad idea especially in a 12 teamer it's just a god-awful idea um 
Irvin has a 248 Babbitt career 290. You know, he's underperforming on his home runs as well. 0.99 home runs per nine. 116 his career. I mean, he's not awful, but he's not going to be good. He's not going to get you strikeouts. I mean, he has a 17% K rate on the year. 12.2% K minus walk. Low swinging strike. He is getting a decent amount of O swings, but it's looking exactly like last year. And last year he ended the season with a 4.24 ERA and a 1.33 WHIP. He's got a 3.05 right now and a 1.05 WHIP. Uh, pretty similar metrics all around. So I wouldn't be surprised if, like, come September, you know, we're looking at a guy with low to mid four ERA, which means he'll have like a six ERA from this point forward, five ERA from this point forward. So I'm I'm steering clear of him big time. Yeah, I, I could see some concerns there. Like, and you, you said the big thing, 15 teams, I get it. I get it. You need arms. 12 teams is much, much more tricky to, uh, to make that happen. It was just, it was, I don't, I didn't get any, but I understood it at least because it was just a, a matchup that seemed too good to be true, apparently. All right. Next up, we have Seth Brown of the Oakland Athletics picked up in 64 leagues as high as $105. That surprised me. Since July 9th, hitting 305 with five home runs, only striking out 20% of the time, which is pretty nice. Not stealing, though. We, we're used to getting the power and the speed from Seth Brown earlier in the year. No steals. Um, I will say it's interesting that with them only on five games this week to be that aggressive on Seth Brown. Yeah, I don't get I, it. My only guess is they were looking ahead, but I wouldn't. you wouldn't have to be that aggressive. So that's why when I, as we do this, I don't look ahead. And now I saw his name after when I hit said Cole Irvin. I'm like, who added Seth Brown at this many leagues? I'm just like, I like Seth Brown, but I was like, oh, I'll, I'll put a couple bucks maybe next week. Not so much this week on Seth Brown. So what's your thoughts? Because we'll probably end up talking about him next week. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about him last week too. I mean, I don't understand it because of the schedule and also because he's a he's a platoon bat. I mean, yep. you know, even though he's played well when he's played, he's only going to be playing against righties. And then, like, you know, the A's have Suarez, so you're getting two games first half of the week, and they have Rodon on the weekend. So you're getting three out of five games with him. You know, next week they've got Suarez – first half of the week. So again, you're getting two games from him and the other one's Otani. This just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's a rough go. Rough go. Um, Jake McCarthy of the Arizona Diamondbacks added in 64 leagues as high as $29 since July 12th. He has been, he's starting to play a little more regularly. David Peralta has gone too. So that's a plus he's hitting 333, three stolen bases, six doubles. It's not a lot of power has a Stephen Kwan feel to that stat line, but uh, I think Kwan's played better than Jake McCarthy. But uh, what's your thoughts on Jake, who I think is more of a deep league play for now? Yeah, I, I got him in a bunch of places in 15-teamers. Uh, not a bunch of places, maybe just two. But I was pretty aggressive on him. He's playing every day. He played against the last lefty they faced. He's got a good O swing, you know, decent contact rate as well. Um, he's stealing bases, you know, five barrels, 5.7% barrels. So not the best in the world, but... You know, he's stealing and he's hitting homers and he's probably going to play every day. Even if you look at the bat rest of season projection, you know, three home runs, seven steals. Not great on the home run front, but um, a little like 300 plate appearances with, you know, six and 12. You know, that'll play. That'll play. So I do like him. You're just hoping he kind of gets into a groove um, somewhere along here. And yeah, so I like him. I picked him up in 15 teamers. Uh, 12 yeah. teamers seems a little aggressive, yeah. but you know, there's not a lot out there right now. 
yeah, 12 teamers, I was kind of like, yeah, but 15 is 100% understand it. Like, there's a lot of playing time there and potential production, especially after the Peralta trade. So that's one you can uh, try to attack. I'd love to see Corbin Carroll get the call. Not going to hold my breath on that one. Uh, so we'll see what the D-backs do in that situation. Luis Ringifo added in 63 leagues as high as $43 since July 1st. So the month of July, Ringifo hit 333 with one home run, four stolen bases, Hitting, finished the year hitting or the month hitting third pretty much every day. The numbers are good. I just cannot get excited about Ringifo at all. It's interesting. I haven't been a lot of draft and holds. It's like late round picks. So I've been starting them, but I'm not in the ad Ringifo world. What about you? Yeah, I'm not quite there either, really. I mean, you can kind of squint and see it a little bit. Also, bummer news. What happened? Um, Vin Scully passed away. Oh, no. Yeah. That yeah. sucks. One of the best. One of the greats. Amazing. Yeah, that's really sad. I, I urge anybody to go to YouTube, and there's a clip of Vin Scully reading a grocery list. He makes anything sound amazing. That's all I have to say. Guy's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, there's no doubt best in the business. Yep. That's best. sad. That's um, yeah. Um, so with Renhifo... Um, I mean, he's been playing better recently, but still like the challenge is like, you know, he's at five home runs, five steals. He's about at that for the rest of the season in terms of his projection. So it's not horrible. And again, he's probably going to play every day. He's playing in the middle of that lineup. Um, you know, so he's pretty similar to McCarthy, I guess. I guess yeah. he's pretty similar, maybe with slightly less speed. Um, maybe slightly less power, but let's, let's just, I just want to see like kind of what he's doing. I know he's been playing better. I'm just going to look at his rolling average graphs for the last little bit. So contact is up. Hard hit rates up, but still low. O swings up ground ball rates down a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I don't know if there's anything there. I would say with the angels, you know, they do play seven this week. So there's that. And he's a switch, switch hitter, I think. So he's pretty much plays every day. Yeah. So I don't know if there's like really that much exciting here, but I can understand 12 teamer. Uh, I don't necessarily get it, but um, deeper leagues. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, deeper leagues again. Yes, I can get it. 12 teamers. I guess it depends on what you need. He does have that flexibility positionally. That's pretty nice. But uh, it's it's a tough one to swallow because there's just no power at all. So if he needs steals, I guess I could see it. He's going to get on base a lot, so maybe he'll score some runs for you. It's just I just don't see this profile continuing. That's the part that struggles for me. So we shall see. All right, Toby, let's recap our fab results. Let's do it. I want to see what you did. I want I want to hear all the oh, fun. Man. I can already oh, see it's... it in your face for those that watch on YouTube. He looks very excited about this. It's depressing. Um. All right. Let's do it. Have results. Let's run with them. All right. Uh, first up, added Garrett Whitlock, dropped Colin Pache, $27, runner up of 12. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, the Red Sox are no longer giving Whitlock save chances this week, which is fantastic <laughs> since there have been two and he hasn't gotten he, any. He, pro he probably will next week after you drop him. Oh, for sure. Uh, well, I probably won't drop him. This is a standalone league, so just kind of oh, got gotcha. Whitlock for the ratios too. Gotcha. But uh, added Jake McCarthy, dropped Dylan Moore, 24 bucks, runner-up of 20. Added Jake Fraley, dropped Roman Quinn, $17 with a runner-up of four. 
added Araldus Chapman, uh, dropped uh, Brooks Rayleigh uh, for two. Um, added Kyle Isbell, dropped Michael A. Taylor, um, four and two. Added Lewin Diaz, uh, dropped Josh Smith, uh, $3 and one. Um, so a lot of adding, adding and dropping in that league. Um, next league, added Jake McCarthy, $19 with an $18 backup, dropped Robbie Grossman, and then added Nelson Velasquez. And drop Josh Smith. The great news about adding Nelson Velasquez is the Cubs didn't trade anybody. So <laughs> great. Um, uh, in my other league, uh, added Nick Martinez, uh, which was a highly successful bid, I would say. Dropped Dylan Floro. Uh, added Matt Veerling, who's now out of a job. Uh, and dropped Roman Quinn. Wow, I didn't realize until I'm going through this how bad I am at this. <laughs> Um, I'm, not, I'm not laughing at you. Trust me. This is just unbelievable. <laughs> just a- added Trace Thompson, uh, $17, dropped Dylan Floro. Thankfully, the Dodgers have since added Joey Gallo. So that's exciting. Uh, added Ezekiel Duran, dropped Frank Schwindel, uh, $12 uh, bid, uh, $5 backup. That one that one I kind of like. Duran's got yep. uh, seven, game, seven decent games this week. And then added Scott Efros, you know, who thankfully is... In the save mix in New York, uh, dropped Brett Martin. So I'd say only about 80 to 90% of the guys I picked up this week have been hurt by the trade deadline. Uh, added uh, Gene Segura. I'm excited about that one. Uh, $37 bid, zero backup in an OC. Oh, wow. Added Lou Trevino. Yeah, I know. Added Lou Trevino. Dropped JT Brubaker, $6. Come on down. You're the next contestant. The price is wrong. TGFBI. All right. Added Trace Thompson. Dropped Josh Smith. Yet again, another guy who will not help me at all. Uh, added Trace Thompson again. Uh, dropped him. Dropped Brett Martin. Added Jonathan Hernandez. Uh, dropped Dylan Floro. Those are all my leagues. And all I apologize right. for people for the, the low energy and the uh, self-deprecating overkill here. Um, I'm a little tired. It's been a, it's been a, it was a long good. weekend without a lot of sleep it's all so, good yeah it's all good okay my first oc i added house on kim because they have the, the big schedule this week especially the front end of the week drop darren Four ruff for five today i love it drop darren ruff five dollars no backup this one i did not see coming added eric hosmer for the big week dropped austin slater four dollars to no backup at least it wasn't expensive and then um, I did a speculative bid because I had lost out on some higher ones on Yuri De Los Santos for the Pirates because I figured Bednar would get traded. He did not. Dropped Glenado $2. So I guess it wasn't the end of the world, but I was specking on that one. That did not happen. All right. Other next OC got Heimer Candelario, dropped Austin Slater 11 to 2. Added Jesse Winker, dropped Mitchell White 9 to 7. Added Joe Barlow 4 to nothing, dropped Glenado. Added Felix Bautista, dropped Zach Plesak 4 to 1. I'll take that $4 bid any day of the week. Uh, that was interesting OC. how uh, Mitch White got traded. Yeah, I got traded to Toronto. I want, I want to know what they're going to yeah. do with him there. I'm very curious about that. Uh, next OC, the one that hasn't been active lately, was kind of active, but not a lot of runner-up bids. Like There was more ads this week, just no runner-up bids. Um, I added Reed Detmers, dropped Mitch White 9-1. to one. added Carrot Whitlock, I feel your pain. Dropped Sonny Gray 9-1. to one. I just don't feel Sunny Gray, but I might be adding him back next week. I, I did it actually in this league because this is the one I told you that no one's adding and dropping. I'm like, I'll drop Sunny Gray, and I can go pick him up again next week if I need to. Um, 
Next, uh, Jose Miranda for four dollars dropped Austin Slater for a buck or four to one. I love Jose Miranda, what he's doing right now, so pretty pumped on that one. My fourth and final OC added Heimer Condelario, dropped Karen Ruff 13 to one, added Eric Osmer, dropped Austin Slater nine to nothing, added Felix Bautista, dropped Glen Otto four to nothing. Mm. Yeah, so two Felix Bautista added my four, and then added Joe Barlow, dropped Mitch White. So I got some Joe Barlow. If he falls back into it, I'll be pretty happy there. Uh, one of my OCQs added Garrett Whitlock, dropped Mitch White, added Candelario, dropped Austin Slater, added Brady Singer, dropped Christopher Morell, added Ramon Urias, dropped John Birdie. I, that one hurt, but I just don't know what's going on with Birdie. Uh, the other OC added Candelario, and then I added Felix Bautista again. So there's three leagues with Felix Bautista. Uh, Barf. Let's talk Barf. Added Candelario, 18 to 14, dropped Darren Ruff. Added Felix Bautista, 8 to 3, dropped Mitch White. Uh, so that's another Bautista share. And then last but not least, TGFBI. Dun, 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 dun. Added Joe Barlow, dropped Mitch White. Added Garrett Hampson for the big week, dropped Darren Ruff. So there, there we go. Five Felix Bautista shares. I'll take it. I'll take Ugh, it. Let's bye go. Bye. Let's go. So hopefully it pans out. My luck is talking like that. I'm gonna, it'll, it'll end up being like he'll get TJ tomorrow or something. That's just the way it goes these days. All right. Let's take some listener questions here. We got dun, 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 uh, if my phone, there we go. Taylor Johnson asked, and I'm sorry he DM'd me this. I forgot to send it to you. This is like two days ago. No, um, he says, with the MLB deadline happening today, this was on Monday. The fancy deadlines are coming up too. Do any of the following hitters who have been average to below average this year peak your interest as trade targets that can have a strong August and September? Yeah, Whit Merrifield, Verdugo, Justin Turner, who's now on the IL. Jesse Winker. Oh, did they put him on the IL? He went on the IL today. Yeah, yeah. thanks for doing that, guys, earlier. <laughs> Jesse Winker, Trey Mancini, Muncie, J.D. Martinez, Nelson Cruz. Uh, I'd say Mancini's the big winner in that group you got listed there. Huge winner. Anybody else stand out to you? Yeah, I'd say Mancini. I mean, Muncie is interesting to me because he's been so bad. And so you could definitely see him being like one of those guys that just goes on an absolute – tear um yeah i mean 189 babbitt 253 career um you know 10.2 percent home run per fly ball 21.1 percent for his career 26 barrels 13.3 percent you know only 10 home runs i could definitely see i could definitely miss, see man uh muncie taking off i'd be willing to take a stab at him yeah, I'm um, still I'm still buying Winker, man. Like he's slowly showing signs of life. I might be crazy. I might I might be crazy, but it feels like it's slowly coming around. It's still a bad ballpark for him, so it could just be false hope. But uh like I said, I picked him up for nine bucks in an OC this past week. If he's cheap, I'm willing to take a shot on a guy like Jesse Winker. Yeah. 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 That's all uh-huh. I'll say. Okay. Nothing. That that was nothing, him trying not to say on Winker. I was just looking. I was looking at um, I was looking at Winker's Winker's numbers. It's up and down. It's not always pretty. Trust me. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I think that I think that park hurts him bad. It hurts him a lot. At at Fru underscore Dorte asks, how bad does the pitcher have to be for you not to stream them against the Nationals? I don't know. Jacob Degrom. I mean, couldn't really do much against him this. Yeah. Uh, no decision today. Um, no, I mean, I think they're definitely a, a streaming target, yeah. but don't, 
don't get don't go over overboard on it you know like don't take every, a bad pitcher just because it's a bad team yeah i mean you still want to be a little bit strategic there but i i get the i know i know it's kind of a a Tongue funny cheek. question yeah, yeah. Tongue cheek question so all right, uh, Liam at Freed Mines asks, expectations for uh, Detmers and Lodello rest of the way. Streamers, must starts. What are your thoughts? I love them both. I'm just concerned about when they get shut down, potentially. That's uh, a concern for both. But six-man rotation for Detmers helps uh, a lot. Lodello is like a near ace right now to me. Like Not a fan, but he's like a, a, like a second option. Been really, really good. What are your thoughts on these two? Yeah, I mean, I think they're kind of like in the seventy-five percent bucket, where you you start them in seventy-five percent of the of the games. Like, I'll start I'll start Detmers at Seattle. I'll start him at home against Minnesota. You know, I'll do those. I mean, he's been he's really been lights out. The new slider has really impacted you know how good he is. He's kind of a new guy, and if he continues that in the next couple of weeks, then I think you you got to throw him out there if he keeps doing what he's doing right now, kind of regardless of matchup. Um, in terms of Lodolo, there's still concerns for me about, you know, his control, you know, the walks and the whip could be a little bit of an issue for him, but I start him at Milwaukee, you know, they don't really frighten me. I start him, uh, at home against the Cubs next week. And again, if he continues to pitch like he's pitched the last couple games, then it becomes hard to not start him. Um, he's really good. I have him on a few teams. And I think he was unlucky early on in the season and just kind of trying to find it, find himself. So if he gets in a groove, it could be really nice. Yeah. Though Dolo is almost a must start for me because he had two starts last week and both in great American small park and look filthy. Like he's, he's, he's just, he's looking great, looking really good. You mentioned the slider with Detmers. They've both been pretty outstanding of late. So good to see there. Yeah. Uh, well, I think with Lodolo, he's got, he has a high ground ball rate too, right? I think so. I want to say massive was... swinging strike rate limits the hard contact. He's been very, very effective. Uh, it's only 41.6%. So maybe not. Yeah. But when you combine that with like a 30% K rate, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the K, um, yeah, I mean, it's great. The K's are insane. He's also got a 406 BABIP against, you know, that's not going to Yeah. So continue. that's, re yeah, regression coming that way as well. So could be even better coming yep. up here for Lodolo. Um, Jaman81 says, Voight or Votto rest of season in a standard five by five roto. That's Votto pretty easy for me, but maybe I'm too optimistic. Yeah, I just, I mean, I I'm, just say, I'm just not a Voight fan. I would say Votto as well. Um, but I'm not quite sure what he's doing. It's uh, not been as great as last year, obviously, but you put Voight in that new lineup in that ball, like that's that whole scenario. You got Votto in Great America, like yeah, I'm taking Votto all day on that one. Yeah, I'd lean Votto. I'd lean Votto. He's on a little bit of a run here, too. Yeah, he's starting to heat up. We saw this last year. He can do it all in one month if he wants to. Not saying he's going to. That was an insane month last year. But uh, he's got the capabilities to make that happen. So we'll see. Um, Floppy Flanks asks, how would you rank Gallon, Montas, and Bassett rest of the season? Gallon, Montas, and Bassett. It's hmm. a good one. Montas in a new home, too. That could change things a bit. Yeah, I'd stay away from Montas. Yep, I'm scared He's, of that. He has not been park. good outside of Oakland. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it either. Um, Gallon looks okay. Looks fine, but 
regression with the BABIP, uh, potential regression with the homers. Um, not really anything juicy under the hood, like 16.8% swing strike rate, you know, nothing really good. Like the O swings nice, but struggling with guys in the zone. He's been pretty lucky. So I don't love him. Uh, Bassett. Leaning Bassett here. Yeah, that's where I lean. But let's see. Um, yeah, I'll lean Bassett on this one. I don't love the new location for Montas um, and the inconsistency. Bassett's been pretty good. And he hasn't really, there's not been like a ton of luck there. Like 276 Babbitt, career 280. Strand rate's right around where it usually is. His strikeout rate is, his walk rate is, you know, his swinging strike rate is, his home run per nine is a little elevated from what it usually is. Although he was in Oakland, so maybe that impacts it a little bit. You know, 18% plus K minus walk rate. Nice little swinging strike, able to dominate in the zone at 81.5%. So in the zone, a decent amount. I, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I, I like. I go Bassett, Gallon, Montas. Like, I'm hoping Montas is really good because I haven't been fancy teams. I'm not dropping them by any means. But going to New York in that division, like the ballpark change, the division change, maybe shoulder issues still. There's so many concerns I have with Frankie Montas where it's just like, what, what, what could be? So we'll see how that one plays out. But, uh, yeah, give me a Bassett gallon than montas okay mr uh mr prospect guru any love and dynasty for under the radar prospect victor acosta he's traded from the padres to the reds this is from james d in the youtube chat victor acosta let's see i have a very rudimentary way of figuring out who i'm going after in dynasty leagues but and that a, is a, a ranking sheet? wrc plus um age league um i don't know i mean he seems to be pretty highly rated um well i don't know if he's highly rated but um yeah my only concern you know he's got a high ground ball rate this year he's 18 in the complex league i don't know i think that's what that under that means that's how prospect uh guru i am um you know, not a ton of power yet, not a ton of speed, and 99 WRC+. plus. He did have a 153 last year as a 17-year-old in the DSL, so a little bit of uh, a glimmer of hope there. So maybe, but I don't really see, you know, he's a 40 future value guy, um, according to fan graphs, and I'm not seeing anything that makes me change my mind on that. How's that? Yeah, I, he's no I, he's no Ellie Dela Cruz. I'll no. tell you that much. He's super young. That's the one bright side I would say. He got tons of time to develop and grow into his body and everything. So you'll see what happens. Like do an eighteen year old uh, evaluation. There's a lot of changes about to take place for him. So yeah, it could be tough to completely break that one down. All right. Let me let me get, give you a name though. I'll give you yes. two names. Um, name number one is Michael Arroyo. Okay. Who's also a Mariners prospect. Who's, who, as of this weekend, had a 192 WRC plus as a 17 year old Wait a in the DSL. Again, it's the DSL, so I don't think it means that much. And again, just to make sure that people know, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, so take that with a grain of salt. And then 
Um, another guy I liked was, um, uh, well, I don't know if I like him as much anymore, but there's a guy named Nelson Rada, who's a Red Sox prospect, 16 year old, almost 17 playing in the DSL. He's got a 145 WRC plus generally what I do is I look at those guys. And then I also look a little bit at ISO, you know, just to see if they've got a little bit of power, you know, cause there's a lot of like guys that are hitting like 360 with zero home runs and 20 steals. So I look at like walk rate, uh, K rate, you know, low K rate, especially there. And then like ISO and then, um, yeah, you know, how they're doing. So prospect guru, Toby G oh, everybody. You got the it. number one. And then another question from James. I like this one. Sorry for the off the wall questions. Never apologize. Keep them coming. But can Milwaukee get Lamette going? Denelson Lamette came over in the Josh Hader trade. It kind of excited me to see him in this deal. Like he's struggled, but the stuff, like you listen to Eno talk about it with his stuff and his, his uh, command metrics, he still rates out really good with that stuff. We've always said like a back end of the bullpen type thing might be better for Lamette. Um, you see what they do with the slider with the guy or the, the off speed pitches with a guy like Peralta and these other arms. Maybe they can develop him into something. Maybe I'm just, you know, it, it's still going to take some work. I don't know if it'll happen this year. But I see that Lamette move as kind of a, I don't know if sneaky is the right word, but could be a, a good baseball move for them in the future for sure. How old do you think Lamette is? With a question like that, you want me to say like 32. He's probably like 26. He's 30. So it's the yeah, I, thought, side, yeah. I thought he was a lot younger. Um, yeah, I, I thought he was older, but then he threw me off. Like, oh, he was asking me that. It's got to be younger then. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, – I think that, yeah, I think they probably will. I think they'll yeah. probably turn him into somebody good. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be this year, like I said, but he could be one of those guys that when you're doing those early, like, draft and hold leagues, could be a fun one to target late mm. because if something happened to Devin Williams or he gets traded or whatever, Lamette has the stuff to be a very good closer if he can figure it out. Like, his, his, his off-speed pitch is nasty. So if he can figure that out, it could be interesting. So something to think about. Yeah, for sure. All right, Toby. Um, you only got more. Keep it coming. No, I was just going to throw out some more prospect names. Do it. The floor is yours. Yeah. So Michael Arroyo, he's 17. He's got that 188 WRC plus. I'm only, of course, choosing guys that I've added on my <laughs> on my teams here. Naturally. Um, which, you know, it's the it's the fourth best. There's a guy named Carlos Sanchez who actually looks quite good. Uh, although he's only got a point, he's got a 0. 0.087 ISO compared to Arroyo's 225, you know, which is nice. I mean, he's got 13% walk rate, 15.9% K rate with a 225 ISO. He's also got, I can't remember how many steals he has, but he's got quite a bit of steals. He's got a quite, quite a few steals as well. Um, who else did I add? I can't even see any more of the guys that I added which is sad, makes me depressed. But that's all I'm adding. That's that's what I'm, all I'm that's all I'm giving you guys this week. Join us next week for more um, prospect talk with Toby G. Yeah, there was this one guy on the Reds. I'm not finding him though. That's it. That's all I got about. <laughs> and on that note folks we're gonna wrap this one up uh it's a fun one toby needs to go get some sleep 
Uh, I love the Chattanooga lookout hat, though. That's a sweet hat. Thank you. That's good stuff. Uh, yeah, you you warned me. You said they were nice looking hats, and I, I said they got kid logos, man. I've seen them. Yeah. I like, think the shirts and the hats, like they they bring it. There's a few. There's a lot of like I said, minor league teams have some cool stuff. Uh, Chattanooga brings it, so uh, I like that a lot. Um, any final thoughts though? As we have two months of the season to go. Um. Yeah, I mean, I hope the. I hope the trade deadline treated you all well. And um, yeah, I mean, little, fewer and fewer weeks remaining in the season. Yeah, and I know we keep saying it all the time, but seriously, keep grinding because if you watch fab results every week just in your league, you can see people disappearing. You can see the the amounts of bids going down. Like there's still a lot you can do to move up the standings. Like there is still room. Two months is a long time to make things happen. So don't give up just yet. If you have any questions, let us know. Uh, you can check out Toby on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. I'm at BD Intric. We'll be back with you guys next week with more fab fun and more fantasy baseball goodness. But for now, Bubba and the Bat Flip episode 131 of the books. Catch you guys next time. That's going to wrap us up for episode 227 of the Bat Flip Crazy podcast in edition number 131 of Bubba and the Bat Flip. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, an exciting day in uh, in baseball. Uh, it definitely was pretty brutal for my teams, as you heard throughout the podcast. But always uh, interesting to see how things shake out. Always opportunity uh, for to take advantage of new playing time or decreased playing time, whatever it is. Um, you know, try to take advantage of it this next upcoming Fab Week. Best of luck the rest of the way. Take care and be kind to one another. 